This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 15th of March. In your Squeeze today, tens of thousands expected to march for justice. COVID cases in Sydney and Brisbane. Whitewash in WA. And the Grammys. This is your Squeeze today. Federal Parliament Clare is sitting this week and facing our parliamentarians upon arrival into Canberra will be a protest march which by all accounts could be quite large. It's called March for Justice and it's a call for an end to gendered violence. It comes off the back of historical rape allegations against Attorney General Christian Porter, of which he's denied, as well as claims from several women that they were sexually assaulted by a former Liberal staffer. What organisers of this March for Justice rally say is that they've moved at speed to get women and people from all around Australia together yesterday and today. Across those couple of days, 85,000 people are expected to attend events with the biggest one in Canberra today. As part of that march, organisers would like to hand over a petition which has a number of requests, for example, an investigation into gendered violence, and it also calls for full implementation of 55 recommendations from the Australian Human Rights Commission's 2020 Respect at Work report. When asked if he'd attend the march, Prime Minister Scott Morrison said he wouldn't, but he has offered to meet with a delegation. Yeah, that invitation was extended yesterday. He said that he would respectfully receive that. And he said that he was sure that those involved with the March for Justice rally would respectfully engage with him. He said that's the right way of doing it. At this stage, it looks like Labor frontbencher Tanya Plibersek and Greens co-deputy leader Larissa Waters will attend that rally and receive that petition. No word yet, though, from the organisers of that rally as to whether they will accept the invitation to meet with the Prime Minister. Whilst we're on Australian politics, former Finance Minister Matthias Cormann was named the new boss of the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development over the weekend. That's the OECD. Prime Minister Scott Morrison said it was the most senior appointment of an Australian candidate to an international body for decades and a recognition of Australia's global agency. Over in the UK now, and 33-year-old Sarah Everard was last seen on the 3rd of March walking home from a friend's house near Clapham Common in South London. Her body was found on Friday and a London police officer has been arrested and charged with her kidnap and murder. Over the weekend, Claire, a vigil was held for her, which ultimately turned quite violent. Yes, some really extraordinary scenes there. The organisers of this vigil really had hoped to have quite a few women there but COVID restrictions saw their application denied. Still, quite a few women did uh, attend that vigil on Saturday night. Police also went and in some quite heavy-handed scenes removed women from that vigil. It was really quite extraordinary and politicians across the board have condemned the police's actions. Yeah, police said they had no choice but to enforce the COVID rules. But now the UK's Home Secretary has called for an independent investigation into the police's handling of that vigil. This is always a disappointing one to have to do, Claire, but we've got some COVID cases to talk about. Firstly, a quarantine hotel worker in Sydney has tested positive to COVID-19. That ends a 55-day streak of no local transmissions in the state, the longest of the pandemic. 
Yeah, very sad ending to that streak. But what health officials said yesterday in New South Wales was that they were hustling to identify the source of infection. Uh, This person worked across two quarantine hotels in the Sydney CBD. About 130 people who they worked with uh, as a guard in those hotels are being tested and are self-isolating. And up in Queensland, one of Brisbane's quarantine hotels, the Grand Chancellor, is back in lockdown as authorities investigate whether a case was transmitted in-house. It's the same hotel where an outbreak in January sent the whole of Brizzy into that snap lockdown. We and so many others, Claire, including WA Premier Mark McGowan, were downplaying the polls ahead of the state election over the weekend. Seems though that they were bang on. The Labor leader was re-elected in the most convincing of results. Yeah, quite an incredible result in Western Australia. And as you say, it looks like the polls got it right that that landslide really did happen. Although to say it was a landslide is an understatement. Premier Mark McGowan and the Labor Party really obliterated their opposition. They've scored at least 50 seats in the Legislative Assembly's 59-seat parliament. Uh, Probably they might get up to 52. It leaves the Liberals with about three seats and the Nationals are set to become the official opposition in Western Australia with about four seats. So, yeah, quite a tilt in Labor's favour. What pundits say is that it's Labor's biggest win in an election in Australia ever. Yeah, the votes are still being counted, so how those seats actually land, we will wait and see. Ousted opposition leader Zach Kirkup received a fair amount of criticism for saying two weeks out from the election that his party could not win. He's sticking by that. He says he actually wishes he'd done that sooner, so he had more time to highlight to voters the danger of a Labor landslide. In Myanmar, and lives continue to be lost in those pro-democracy protests. Now the leader of a group of Myanmar's politicians who were ousted by a military coup has encouraged the public to continue to resist the country's military leadership. Manwan Kaing Tan says this is the darkest moment of the nation. He escaped arrest in the early days of the coup that saw Myanmar's de facto leader Aung San Suu Kyi detained and charged. Uh, He has remained out of sight and the fact that he has put his head up and really calling on the citizens of Myanmar to continue in their opposition against the military is quite something. Uh, More than 80 protesters so far have died in clashes. It looks like about another 13 to 15 were killed over the weekend. We talked about the meeting of the Quad in Friday's podcast, Claire. That happened on Saturday with Prime Minister Scott Morrison sitting down with the leaders of the US, Japan and India. As part of that discussion was an agreement they would work together to restore democracy in Myanmar. Squeeze the day and the Grammys are on today, Claire, 11am. For those who get their awards confused like I do, this is the music ones. (laughs) Let's talk about the nominations before we get into a bit of drama surrounding it. It's always a bit of drama. Look, there's some big names like Beyonce. She leads the nominations with nine. Uh, Also Taylor Swift and Dua Lipa. They've got six nominations each. Meryl Streep even has a nomination for uh, an audio book of Charlotte's Web. Mm. Probably what's notable, though, is who wasn't nominated and one person who's got the grumps is The weekend. Uh, he was snubbed and says that he will snub future Grammys if more diversity isn't brought in. Yeah, he had some big hits last year, but no nominations at the Grammys. His issue seems to be in the nominations 
process. The Weekend said, and this is the quote, the Grammys remain corrupt. You owe me, my fans, and the industry transparency. Justin Bieber also confirmed this week he won't be attending the awards show despite being nominated for four awards. Reports are he's not happy the Academy nominated his album Changes in a Pop category instead of its intended R&B category. Halsey also taking issue with the nominations process. So as I said, a bit of drama. Keeping the Squiz the Day theme on entertainment and Oscar nominations are tonight. Tonight, yeah, big one. We'll see whether we can get that in in the morning. Uh, for me, it's a wedding anniversary for Sasha Baron Cohen uh, and Isla Fisher. They're into 11 years of blissful matrimony. Are they in the they're in the papers over the weekend? They're living here in Australia, I saw. They're here in Sydney at the moment, by the looks of things, looking to put down some permanent roots. Yeah, looking for property. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Squeeze Today podcast. If you've stumbled upon us as part of Spotify's Your Daily Drive, hello and welcome. So you can keep your news each morning with the Squeeze hit follow. That way, each episode will be on the homepage when you open the Spotify app. That's all from us. Have a great Monday and we'll talk to you tomorrow. quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.